The real estate industry requires you to wear a lot of hats. There's a lot of communication going on. In this episode, episode 12, we're going to be going over communication in real estate with a couple of guests. These episodes are brought to you by Your Nonverbals Are Showing, body language training and research for the purpose of helping you level up your interpersonal skills. One of the biggest groups of people that have gotten a chance to fortunately teach and present and work with has been the real estate, the real estate community, that whole sector, that whole industry that encompasses everything from the mortgage, the lenders, the insurance, the title people. I've been able actually to network and meet and make great relationships with this within this kind of industry. So it was, of course, made sense to me that to reach out to a couple of people and ask them about what kind of pain points in communication they see throughout their day, what's what's going on in their interactions that they have, because they're doing a lot from the realtor again to everyone in that industry. They are going out, they're doing their job, they have to work within a team, they have to network, they have to do sales, they have to do some solo entrepreneur stuff that, that a lot of people sometimes uh, delegate or, or allocate to other people. And Doing all that stuff, sometimes, you know, you could you could go under within or be overwhelmed with all of the communication channels that you have to keep up with, whether it's in person or digital communications and all these softwares and tools that they get to use and social media that they have to run. So I wanted to ask a couple of people, a couple of my friends close by that I've had the chance again to interact with. And just I, I made them two simple questions. I asked them the first one was, what is the pain point that they see within the real estate industry? Uh, community with whether it be within uh, within other employees or within their clients for uh, throughout the clients and here are a couple of the ones that I had to share I'm going to have two people two guests on today that I just asked them to pre-record something for me and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and play the clip for these people I'm going to introduce them first and then I'm going to uh, answer or respond in my own way with some body language tips nonverbal communication uh, skills of what could actually help within that pain point and what what could be beneficial to do within some of those actual examples that they give. So let's get started. The first guest that I want to have on here that gave me some answers, some good information, really short and sweet. It's Jaime Resendez. He's out of the realtor out in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And here's what Jaime had to say. A communication pain point experienced in real estate quite frequently is addressing the communication gap. And that communication gap is a large one. You have so much information that you need to convey to home buyers and home sellers. It's just so much information that you, for compliance purposes, have to communicate to your buyers and sellers. But beyond that, you want a good customer experience. You want your client to know that you care and also be as informed as possible. But that communication gap is just very hard to close the gap on and is very challenging. The best new way to communicate virtually in this time of crisis is through Zoom. Zoom allows people to see you, to hear you. They get to see your body language. They get to hear your inflections. It's just a great tool that you have to communicate with your clients and customers. So if you need to articulate something, show people how things are going to work, it's a great tool that is really changing the way that we have to do business today because... We're in quarantine. Thank you, Jaime, for that bit of information and your intake, your input on, you know, the, the pain point that happens within, he mentioned a gap, closing a gap and that there's a gap sometimes that gets made there. And like I mentioned before, 
the practitioner itself has a lot to do already, not just the one-on-one client customer stuff, which a lot of people that I've come across really value. That's that's like their payoff, the reward, of course, helping that individual get into a home and everything that goes behind it. It's kind of like that Titanic iceberg where you could probably see at the tip over the water just a little bit of the iceberg, but underneath there's a lot more going on. And sometimes this may create this gap that, that Jaime was talking about where you're focused or zeroed in on a certain part of a transaction or the job that you're doing that sometimes a practitioner may forget to kind of uphold or continue some of that communication skills with, whether again it's the client or another person that they're working with within that transaction. So that gap that he was mentioning is sometimes created because of miscommunication. And a lot of the time it just boils down to some some conflict topics that may come up with that people sometimes struggle to either confront or communicate that they don't know. But as we all probably have experienced before that, once you actually talk about it, it kind of gets a little bit easier and it's kind of a relief that Okay, you made a big deal out of something and to kind of go into, you know, how do you how do you communicate conflict? How do you how do you deliver a maybe a, a not so good news to someone? Well, some of the tips that come from body languages, the triple the triple the triple nod or the head tilt, what we use sometimes is during listening or engagement or empathy. Specifically, what I want you to focus on here is the head tilt. This head tilt is actually used for one listening and engagement and empathy when you want to actually interact with someone and, and really tell them that you, they have the floor that you're listening to them. But also the the head tilt specifically is something that could be used specifically for doctors has been has been seen in use whenever they have to deliver some bad news. If you're a surgical doctor or any kind of doctor, sometimes when they deliver bad news, they, they will naturally do a head tilt as to show empathy to other other person. It's kind of if you think about it, if you've ever seen it, too, it's kind of like this awe moment that, you know, you kind of feel bad, feel uh, feel bad about the information that they got. Of course, sometimes it, you don't have to go as far as it, that big of an emotional deal. But adding a slight head, uh, head tilt to the side while you deliver some bad messages and also maybe following up with another option of, of what could be done because X, Y, Z didn't get done. Maybe something else. Uh, be prepared. So body language wise, that's a good a good tip to see uh, either the head tilt or in the triple knot as, as a listening engagement and empathy. And he also mentioned one of the other things that I didn't I didn't mention at the beginning. Jaime mentioned a way to communicate during crisis. That was one of the other questions that I asked is right now this is being filmed during the coronavirus pandemic. And a lot of people are figuring out and getting very creative on new ways to communicate digitally. And so I asked him, I, I asked these practitioners, these professionals, what is one of the ways that they have been using? And Jaime mentioned Zoomed, and he also mentioned a lot, thank you for the plug, a lot of the body language stuff that kind of goes in and why video is still so good. There's a lot of information that could be missed if you are doing the traditional maybe phone call, email, or text, specifically, again, for in the professional in the real estate industry, that a lot of people are getting very creative on how to, one, use video and how to communicate, how to do showings, how to do, how to stay up with the community. There's a lot of... Uh, board of directors and organizations and leaders that I know of that are very well using and leveraging Zoom right now to kind of stay connected and staying up to date to what's going on. So thank you, Jaime, for those tips. And thank you for that for that communication pain point, that gap that we talked about. Again, this is something that could be created, whether you're accidentally or sometimes on hopefully not on purpose. But it happens sometimes where you have that gap. There's a lot of information being uh, traded back and forth. And when you don't take the time with body language, it's, it's seconds, it's cues, it's micro cues that you can miss. If you miss one thing, then the whole rest of that deal, the whole rest of the transaction can be affected just because of a simple expression that you missed or a simple shoulder shrug or something that you might have gone over. And if you don't address it, if you don't take time as a effective communicator, what I like to build, then that that's what creates or makes this gap even bigger for that purpose.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And for my next guest on the podcast for Communications Real Estate is a good friend of mine, Alex Song, also known as the new home know-it-all. He's got 10 years in real estate, 30 years in sales and service. Here's what Alex had to say about communication pain points in the real estate industry and also a good way to keep up during a crisis and during the pandemic. Having trust in who you're purchasing a home with, not just not just the company, but the individual that is facilitating it. The person that's asking you whether you want to buy a home now, whether you want to take this home off the lot, trusting them to, you know, kind of take your emotions and hold them all the way through. It's a real key. So not being face to face, I mean, physically face to face is a challenge. It's a challenge. I particularly uh, do like uh, email, <laughs> text. Uh, lots of some people don't, right? I, I also like being able to um, talk with someone face to face. You know the the finer nuances of that. You know that either that that grimace or that that raised brow when you say something of either value or something of you know lack of value. It's real key, I think, and and that's uh, a a little lost. Um, sometimes even in video conversa- conversation. Yeah, so um, so the best way so far has been in video conversation where you can still see the finer nuances, um, some of it, and be able to still um, convey trust, not with just your words, but with you know your gestures, how you look, um, the way things are coming across. So I'm saying these words with emphasis and you can feel it as I say it. So I think that's been the best way uh, that we've been coping with uh, crisis. Thank you, Alex, for those remarks, those comments, all very good information that he was mentioning uh, on his behalf of what his experience has been. Again, I mentioned that Alex has a, a couple years, more than a handful of years in the real estate industry, sales and service. And he spoke on a topic that's actually very I would say common in any business. And he mentioned trust with trust. Sometimes again, at the beginning, if you're in sales, especially you have to build a platform before anyone makes a decision with you, Uh, no matter what the idea, the service or the product may be that you're going to try to sell to them. There's going to be a platform there that starts with trust. So that way, anything you should try to get an easy. Yes. After that, you know, without being that salesy, slimy, grimy tactics and techniques that you may see before, but Trust is a very good one. It's also very open and, and vulnerable that you could build. But there's there's a lot of ways or there, there's plenty of fundamental ways, both in what could be moral and also the technical side of things, the sales that you could do. And then some of it goes into body language. So one of the first things and simple things that I teach for trust and communicating that through body language is what we call the trust indicators. Trust indicators are known to be your hands. 
So with the hens, it signals is a huge signal for for you being open. You don't have nothing, literally nothing to hide because that's what happens sometimes when we are hiding our hens or our hens tend to go in our pockets or under our desk or somewhere that could be hidden away uh, out of sight from maybe our client or person in front of us. What happens is from an evolutionary perspective, our hens used to be our trust indicators because back in the days before language, before anything, uh, any other form of communication was formed in our caveman days before development. If you had someone approach you, the very first thing that you want to know was, is this person safe? Can I trust this person? So are they carrying a weapon? Are they going to do harm to me? And we're, we're still wired to be that way. Our, our brains want, want to be trusted. We want to feel welcomed. We want to feel approached. Of course, we are not no longer as, as big a threats as we used to have back in the days, uh, back before civilization. But it, it, everyone's still on the edge right now, too, where we're judging, we're, we're kind of profiling people whether it's in business, in the public, wherever you are. So why not start off with trust? Why not start off with, with, with a warm approach where you don't want that other person's subconscious double-guessing you in that first impression? If you've ever heard about first impressions, they happen really quick. So you want to build and start with trust among some other other personalities and traits and characteristics that you want to come off across. But trust is a huge, a huge one that he mentions in Sometimes going into, you know, his mention of how to stay connected in a pandemic, he he mentioned again to video conferencing, emails and calls. Kind of want to touch up on a little bit on these on just, you know, what kind of communication goes on there. As far as emails and calls, well, an email you can't hear, you can't see someone, but you kind of you start after emailing back and forth, you start kind of decoding what kind of language they use. Are they short? Are they long? Do they need more explanation? Do they need more information? Are they a thought, a feeling person? Are they more straight, analytical, straightforward? And that goes into personalities if, if you ever started anything about personalities. But email is kind of a way, almost hard way to detect that. It is good because it does leave a paper trail. So that goes into deception detection where if someone's making stuff up or leading you astray and again, kind of not being trustworthy, then you can always go back to the emails. When it comes to phone calls, then you start getting into vocal power where you could actually start to detect a little bit more of the vocal inflection, vocal power, tonality, and any other, uh, any other characteristics that go into the voice. And you could start picking up a little bit more on other cues from body language and body language actually comes through vocal power. It's, it's kind of this weird uh, outlet to that, that still helps, but you still are able to detect a lot. So when it comes to calls and when it comes to your voice, when you're using it, you want to make sure that one, again, first impressions, you're starting off with a very good hello. You pick up that phone with a, with an intention, with an uh, intention, either be trustworthy, be charismatic, be approachable, whatever, whatever it is that you want to lead off with. But that first hello, it always says a lot. And I've done a project on this, uh, a study with the Science of People Human Behavior Lab, where they had us actually put ourselves in some sort of body language or hold facial expression where there was sad, angry, uh, low power, high power pose. And then just say all we had to do was say hello within two or three seconds. It was very quick. And this went out to be a, a quiz for the public to to actually go back and, and give us feedback on is this person trustworthy charismatic with this person would, would this person be organized you know all kinds of questions that they had on just the first two three seconds and the amount of data and feedback that came back of was very was very surprising it was very exciting as well so just take into consideration that that first hello when you answer whether you're having a bad day you, someone else made you upset and now you're picking up on your next client and that upset goes over to them and you know mirror neurons they kind of just happen and you take that that uh, voice inflection from one from one inner 
uh, engagement to the other, and all, all of a sudden you're stringing five uh, bad engagements of being upset and you're just projecting at people. So just be careful on how you just, again, the very beginning, you answer the phone. And the other one for voice is kind of watch out for the what we call the question inflection or up speak. And that is basically when you end or end your sentence with a question mark instead of a period. And it usually happens a lot during negotiation when you're trying to go back and forth or Maybe you're trying to hide a certain detail that you don't want the other person to know because it might be bad news instead of, you know, taking it and going um, straight on head on with 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 the details of, you know, even if it's bad news or something that could be a pushback towards whatever the business is going on. And all that is, is is sounding like you're questioning yourself and that setting up again, either it sounds like you're hiding something or when you're negotiating and you're asking for something, and let's just say the example I give is dollar amounts and someone says, hey, how much is this going to be? So you're you're saying, hey, this is going to be $500. And that ends at the end like a question mark. So instead of saying, hey, that's going to be $500. I don't know if you picked up that difference. Hopefully, hopefully I'm doing correctly for you if you can hear it. So the question inflection would sound, yeah, that's going to be $500 versus, yeah, that's going to be $500. And it's saying it versus asking it. And when you end with a question inflection, again, that's either could be that you're hiding something, maybe it kind of throws off the other person and and they want more information. Their brain's like, wait, that did not sound right. As opposed to when you're saying it, you're you're putting it straightforward and you're not allowing um, for any more negotiation. And and that's the other part of it when you have the question inflections is it's going to probably prompt the other person to either push back or negotiate further with whatever it is you're talking about. So when it goes to vocal power on the phone, be aware of that, how you answer that vocal first impression, how warm your, your voice can be or charismatic, whatever is the, the trait that you want to come off with. And then the question inflection to be careful what you're doing there. So Alex was just stating that of, of, of ways to actually communicate. And then the other one he mentioned as well with uh, with Jaime was just conference calls or video calls. Going back to that, I think I mentioned it with Jaime was making sure that you frame yourself. You actually maybe have like torso, mid torso, maybe waist up. You have a good background that's not too cluttered, not too distracting. And that you're actually speaking and using your hands because what I mentioned earlier, uh, your hands are your trust indicators. And when we talk, when we get excited, when we get into a topic, naturally, we start speaking with our hands and our hands just start going by themselves. Of course, if you're someone who doesn't use their hands a lot and you want to come across as a little bit more memorable because using your hands, using your body language in general, sometimes makes that verbal message stick more. So when you line up the nonverbal with the verbal your message is probably going to stick a little bit more in whoever you're, you're speaking to. So making sure that you use your hands in video conference and getting your point across as you are will help build that charisma, that trust, and help with communications and, and whatever you're doing. And going forward, I think I'm just going to wrap that up now for the tips on what Alex said. Alex, thank you again for participating, for being part and giving a little bit of time from this. Just going back to wrapping it up, the communication skills in real estate and any business I think right now are going to be changing, especially this is being recorded through the coronavirus pandemic. We're kind of almost at the other side of it, I think, hopefully. This is being an April, May-ish. So there's, the communication skills are going to change. I know people are going to be thinking different on how, how to be social. So moving forward, I just want you to think about if you're going to be on the phones, if you're going to be on conference calls, kind of the things that we talked about today and any other things that could you you could apply still in person. These go for in-person or on, online or offline. So making sure you remember some of these. 
If any of these were helpful, thank you guys for listening. Please let me know. You can reach out to me on social media. Everything is at your nonverbals, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you could think of possibly um, it's on that. Or you could, uh, you could email me if you have any questions or need any guidance or training. There's training available as well right now. That's, that's a good way to get going if you are in business or if you think you want to stay connected with your clients and have good, uh, have a good communication bridge platform with them, then reach out to me on ways that you could e- be a little bit better about that throughout this pandemic, this interesting way of communicating right now. So yeah, thank you for listening to this episode of communication skills in real estate, and I will see you guys in the next one.